This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. Because there is so much inconsistency across different firms, and sometimes it's not even the firm, it might be the individual regional manager, or it might be the on-site manager, or it might just be not a good fit for that manager and that asset. But it becomes a source of competitive advantage when an institutional investor has relationships with property managers. Even lenders want to see who the property manager is because the property manager is the most important person in executing um, the business plan. And often investors treat property managers as just um, vendors and they want to squeeze them, they want discounts. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good to hear the human perspective here of property managers. Do, do you have anything to add to that? Yes. So there's nothing worse than putting so much work. This is where technology comes in putting so much work on your staff that they're dissatisfied because the number one thing that they can do is show up and give good customer service, right? People buy us. So if they're like, oh, I've got to do this task and oh, I've got to do that task. And, and they're so busy that they're not able to even meet the investor goals, i.e. leasing because they've got so much admin stuff, right? Um, man, it, it, it's not good. It's not a win for the property management company. It's not a win for the property. It's not a win for the tenants. It's not a win for the investor. And so, yeah, I think that you really need to um, be forward thinking and progressive and help your team buy into these things that we've all been taught, right? And they're simple. 20% of your effort produces 80% of your results. So when, when we're having the technology conversation, right? Cause it's super, it was, for a lot of people, it was hard to usher in the embracing of technology. That's why it took something like a pandemic to make it happen. I understand because we were ahead of it. But so many people were resistant because they're, it's like, well, what I'm doing is working. So why do I need to like evolve? You know, why? Everything's working right now. Well, when you can sit down with your, your team, your property management team, the property managers that are there, the feet on the ground every day that are getting their butts handed to them, you know, because somebody's screaming at them or some emergencies happened. I mean, my manager at your property texts me tsunami if there's a big issue. Well, if you can get them to understand, number one, your objectives as an investor, like really where you need it to be. And then you can help them understand that, listen, I don't, you don't have to take rent in the office anymore because when you're taking that time to enter in $90,000 worth of rent, you're missing the opportunity to lease an apartment. So why don't you embrace the use of the online tenant portals and start having conversations with your residents that kind of don't give them another option, you know, like, they don't get to come in and pay rent in the office anymore, you know? So then what does that do for you, Mr. or Mrs. Manager? What if now that you don't have to spend that hour every day entering in rents, what can you now do with that hour? You know, and when they start to get free from the administrative paperwork and they can actually start to operate in what their strength zones are anyway, because let's face it, people who are property managers love people, everything opens up. You know, productivity increases, their their level of satisfaction, tenant satisfaction, tenant retention, the byproduct of just like that one little shift is enormous. 
you know, a valuable insight, especially as we have a lot of investors and founders listening to this show. When you're selling your product and pitching it and positioning it to property managers, emphasizing the cost and savings is only one angle. At the end of the day, you want to save time and you want to make their lives easier. And all too often, the very logical engineering, sometimes, you know, driven founder is, is, going, is going to miss that pitch. The pitch has to be, or a big part of the pitch has to be connecting on an emotional level with the property management firm and explaining how this is going to motivate their staff and this is going to give them more leverage that they can spend time on higher value activities. It's not just simply a matter of saving costs because I bet you get pitched that a lot. And, and let's move on to that. You get pitched a lot. Property managers are just flooded with startups wanting to work with them constantly. How do you decide who to work with? What advice do you have for founders who, who want to get early customers in the property management space if they're selling a single tool or a whole solution? What's your advice? So there's two, I'm going to break this down into, so you've got the client, you know, uh, you've got your customers, which are the tenants, and then you've got uh, your employees. And so I'm going to start really in the employee space because I'm nothing without the people that I work with and alongside, nothing. And so, you know, I have had all sorts of kind of philosophies thrown at me over the years. And I came back to just really the, who I am at the core. And that is that I don't necessarily care about the degree that you hold or the, the educational accolades or any of that kind of stuff. I'm looking for, you know, are you hungry? Are you humble? Are you smart? Are you willing, you know, to show up every day and give play in the arena with me? And if I have those qualities in an employee, man, I feel like I can do anything with them, right? Uh, Angela Duckworth wrote a book called Grit. And she talked about, um, you know, talent versus effort. And really, effort counts twice, right? So the talent, I mean, at the end of the day, is great, but I really want somebody who is going to put in the effort because that's going to be a part of my success as well. So that's on the employee side. Is I, I really am looking for hungry, humble, and smart. Um, in terms of clients, you know, I think that, again, I just keep going back to this. It's like who you are authentically and who do you want to be aligned with? And life is so much bigger than what's in the bank account, you know? And I think we all obviously want to have an abundant life. I don't want to operate out of scarcity. I, I want opportunities in abundance. And yet I don't want to align myself with individuals who um, are going to for lack of a better term, suck the life out of me, you know, and it's not going to be a good uh, relationship. And so, you know, when you are clear on who you are as a company and, and what your value proposition is, it becomes easier to attract uh, the kind of clients that you want. So knowing your value proposition, knowing who you are and being unapologetic about it. You know, I heard someone, a mentor of mine said once, like, you can say no. Like, you understand that you can say no to business. And I was like, oh, well, that's a noble idea. I can say no to business because we're so accustomed to being yes, yes, yes. A yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I can do it. And being a yes person doesn't always serve, you know, everybody's best interest. Um, and then the customers for me are the tenants, right? I had a really hard time coming from being a property manager uh, at a multifamily class A property and then becoming like a fiduciary. 
So this is a, a real tricky situation because when you're a property manager, you're not really thinking about your owner when you're sitting in that chair. You're thinking about your tenant, your resident. And so your resident needs trump everything. And, and that's great. Okay? But when you get into the fiduciary mindset, you realize, ah, they're really, they're, they're my customer. They're not my client. And so you have to be able to understand where your fiduciary responsibilities lie while still serving your customer base at a very high level. And that can be tricky for a lot of property managers, you know. Um, and so it's our job as a management company to teach them what being a fiduciary is about. And that can mean, you know, it's not about just putting butts in beds. It's about vetting the most qualified tenant. It's about, you know, when that person comes in and they've fallen on hard times and they're three months behind, you can't just give them one more month, right? Because, I mean, the fiduciary is to the client. So, um, you know, I think likewise, I mean, when I look at, regardless of what class of property we're managing, everybody deserves quality housing. Everybody has a right to to have uh, quality uh, roof over their heads, you know, and they deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. Um, and at the same time, you know, expectation setting is not just with you and the client. It's not just with you and your team. It's with you and the, the customer or the resident as well, you know, and so setting expectations on the front end is, is really vital. So startups want to get clients and it's hard okay. to reach property management firms and get a pilot running because property managers are very busy. They're under-resourced. What advice do you have as someone who, you know, has integrated technology, believes in technology? How how can they meet you where you are? And what advice do you have for them to get a successful pilot running? Well, to start first, I mean, you, again, it goes back to research. Um, and then it's, it's getting into action. And so if we're talking about the integration of technology, is that what we're talking about? The integration of technology? So this is, I'm so passionate about this. You as a company, as a team, need to sit down and go, okay, where are we, where are the opportunities for improvement? But moreover, I think that, in, like, you could be doing everything great. You still need to be looking at ways that you could get ahead. So I read Leadership by John Maxwell. And one of the things he said is, like, we used to be able to go goal set for, like, one year, three years, five years. Those days are gone. We need to be goal setting for like six months, right? Because things are changing so rapidly. And so I think you need to sit down and you really need to take a good look at like, where can we improve our level of service with our employees? Because if employee satisfaction is low, you're, that's bad. You've got to have your employees happy. Where can we improve our level of satisfaction with our clients? And where can we improve it with our tenants? So when you identify these areas, then you start to go research solutions to these problems. So I'm going to give you an example. When we we knew we had a phone problem uh, when we, you know, got to a certain uh, size with the company that I served as CEO with. And we didn't, we had two phone lines, two phone lines with call waiting. So we didn't have any data to, you know, back what our instincts were, which was that we were failing at answering the phones and we didn't have enough manpower. So we knew that once we found a solution to that problem, we were gonna uncover more problems, okay? So the first thing we did is we found a solution. So we ended up getting Ring Central, which at that time was probably the only voice override, uh, voice, you know, system available. Now you've got lots of others, Grasshopper, et cetera. And so once we got Ring Central, we said, okay, we need to figure out like, why are people calling? 
You know, like where is the volume coming from? And so then we were able to identify most of the people are calling for information on our properties, right? And to your point, it's not a cookie cutter when it's single family, it's a bunch of different um, nuances to each home. So we said, well, man, there's only like 480 working minutes in a day. And if your average talk time is two minutes, and we're getting a thousand calls a day because now Ring Central's telling us what the data was that we didn't know before, right? And validating our instincts. We're like, okay, so even if I threw two people at this problem, I'm still not going to be able to solve the problem. So then we started researching technological solutions to the problem, right? So, so we did our research. We found a solution to the initial problem. We then just uncovered more problems, and then we did a deeper dive and found another technological solution, which for us was with our property management uh, software company. Uh, they had artificial intelligence uh, created. Her name was Lisa, is Lisa, I should say. And essentially, we could point all of our calls to Lisa. Lisa could answer the prospective tenant questions. And then, aha, there's a leverage piece. And so, you know, I, I think it's just really understanding that your biggest areas of opportunity to have a solution in place from the jump is going to be who's going to answer your phone how are you going to show your unit especially if you're in the single family space so make sure that you have solutions to those things in advance you know because we, we know that these are these are problems that you're going to have